little historical fact. Bethlehem, the church in Bethlehem, is the oldest church in the Holy Land that hasn't been destroyed in recent times. The last time churches were destroyed was about the 600s in the Holy Land, and that was when the Persians came and came to rise to power in 600 AD. And when they came through, they came through Jerusalem, came through a few different places, Bethlehem, and they were were cutting off the tops, the steeples of majority of the churches because they wanted to hide the high ground. So they wanted to make sure that nobody else had the high ground. So they would go around and they would demolish or they would just cut off the steeples and stuff. But when they came to Bethlehem, on the facade of the side of Bethlehem, there was a depiction of three men dressed in Persian clothing, Magi from the East. And in this depiction, they were all kneeling down in front of this baby in a manger. They had no idea necessarily what was going on here. It's been 600 years since this baby's been born. But they realized if our people have already been here and this was our response, this is still going to be our response. And they left it alone. They didn't destroy it. Because these three wise men came from the east, from Persia, from Iran, Iraq, came following this star to find Jesus. And when they find Jesus, they offer Him three gifts. And we'll look at the three gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold. And then we're called to offer these same gifts to the Lord. Gold. The most valuable thing that I have. It's God's. Whatever the most valuable thing I own, it's God's. It's Jesus's. Which we could take that as a monetary thing. We could take that as a a gift that the Lord's given me. Or we could just simply put my life My life that I own, I give to God to follow Him. The biggest thing in my life that I need to put over into the Lordship of Christ, I need to do that. So I can offer this Lord, or I can offer this gold, this gold of my own life, whatever that is. And maybe it starts off simple. Maybe it just offers, I'm really good at complimenting people. Okay. Maybe it starts off small. But the Lord and the Holy Spirit is alive and active in our hearts, so it'll grow. To push everything into the kingship of Christ. And then frankincense, incense, incense. When do we use incense? We use incense when we do benediction and adoration with the monstrance, with Jesus' presence. Our praise and adoration, right? Praise and glory. Adoring. We praise, we adore. We have them lifted up to God, the Godhead. 
So in our own lives, what's our own incense? What's our own frankincense? How do we just praise God for being God? For His goodness. For His walking with me in the difficult times. In complimenting one another. Because in complimenting one another, right, God fully, a human fully alive is God fully praised. Because He's our Creator. So even as I compliment His creation, His creation is already accomplishing praising God. That's why humility is a cool, awesome virtue. Because you realize even when you're complimented, it's God's gift in the first place. Let's praise God. And then myrrh. Myrrh is really only used for one thing in the ancient times. Dead. It hides up the scent of death. Why would a baby be given something of that? Because God, who is outside of space and time, actually can encounter death in this child Jesus. The Word becoming flesh. God has chosen to become flesh to enter into our death. To enter into our suffering. Not that He had to, but that He wanted to. Out of love. And so it's in our own life to recognize our frailty, our mortality, but to realize Jesus has come to set me free of that, to become immortal, to never die, to be with Him forever. But it's also to say, where is death in my life? Moses would put it this way, here's life and here's death. Choose Life. You wouldn't think he had to go that way. Please choose life. What's death? Sin. Sin is death. So where death is, Jesus wants to come in contact with it. Because Jesus is never pushed off by the nastiness of death, by the nastiness of sin. Any person he ever encounters and still encounters is only going to get life where that death was. He's life. He doesn't get overtaken by death. He allows death to overtake him so that he can set us free. So where is death in my life? What sin do I have to go to battle with that Jesus wants to come into in order to rid me of? What relationship in my life is it dead? And that the Lord wants me to resurrect it with Him, not on my own strength. So offer this myrrh, this gold, this incense, this frankincense. But the crazier part is that I get it. I mean, that's all great. We can do that. But creation itself has its own praising of this life transformation moment. Creation sends a star for the wise men to follow. The stars know that God has been born. 
this star comes about and rests over this house. These magi are excited to see a star. And then the house. And then Jesus. Creation responds to God's presence. The sea in his life responds to his presence. Jesus walks on water. Jesus calms the storms. Creation knows who God is, who Jesus is. Creation responds. The sea, the stars, the earth trembles. The earth trembles at the death of the only Son of God on the cross. Cracks open. The earth responds to God. The earth responds to Jesus. And the sun hides its ray in pitch black as Jesus takes his last breath. As Jesus is taking his last breath, he wants to encounter us. He wants to be with us. He wants us to offer him our gold, our frankincense, our myrrh. Because he wants a relationship. This is the biggest thing. So that not only does creation respond, we have to respond. And the Magi respond in their way. They go home by a different way. I don't know if you realize this, but you can't go home in the same way you came here this morning. And my rebellion heart says, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. We're not supposed to. This table, we all know what it's called. It's called an altar. A little play on words. The priest comes in and he kisses the altar. And after that moment, he bows to the altar. Because although Jesus is present sacramentally in his tabernacle, in the tabernacle, the sacrifice is made unbloody on the altar. Here and now, present today. And that's an encounter that God's been waiting for all of time. For us to be here. To worship, to adore, to receive the encounter. And what that altar is supposed to do is it's supposed to alter myself. It's supposed to alter us in a radical way. Because we're coming in contact with God Himself and His Son Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And we have to go home in a different way. Because the Holy Spirit is alive and active in all of our hearts. Sometimes we need to push more into that. 
Say, Holy Spirit, take my heart more. Let me hand it over to you more. But to be changed, to be altered by this altar. So today, let us bring our gifts of gold, frankincense, myrrh to the altar of sacrifice to receive Jesus in its place who is everything. Creation responds to it. Our hearts respond to it. Responding to Jesus. And it's great news for all of us. Anyone here by Jewish descent? Does it, do we have any Jewish descent here? Okay, me neither. St. <laughs> Paul gives us this great news in Ephesians that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, co-partners in the promise of Christ Jesus through the Gospel. We, you and I, we have a shot at being co-partners with Christ through the Gospel. One of the things that, one of the silent prayers that the priest prays as he kisses the Gospel is as he kisses it, may the words of the gospel bring us eternal life. May the word of the gospel bring us salvation. Because it's through the gospel that we even know who Jesus is. That we have a shot at this. But let us ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to our hearts what it is, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and offer it to the child Jesus, the Son of God, with the three kings, this epiphany.